So I'm going to break two rules that they tell you not to do at like level 101 of giving a homily. The first is don't talk about how you prepared for your homily because nobody really cares. And two, keep the one theme. The readings will come up again if you have multiple ideas. Save it for later. But as I was preparing for this homily, there were two things that kept coming to mind. The, the great first reading of this tremendous story with Moses and this fear of God that we see as he experiences God through a burning bush and this wonderful gift of mercy that we are told about in the parable in the gospel. Fear of God and mercy. Fear of God and mercy. And in my final preparations, I thought, you know what? There are really two sides to the same coin. You can't talk about mercy unless you also have a true understanding of what fear of God is. And you can't talk about what it means to have fear of God without mercy. So we're going to talk about a little bit of both. That first reading, Moses is seeing a bush on fire that is not in any way going away. He, read, he recognizes that God is really in his presence, so much so that he hides his face. He hides his face and takes his sandals off. He recognizes that the, the spot that he is in is different. God's presence was truly there. When we think about taking your shoes off, it doesn't really make sense in our culture. If we were coming to Mass and people started taking their shoes off because they recognized this is, which it is, a sacred place, there would be some weird looks. But there are other cultures where this is normal. I had the opportunity to spend a month in Calcutta working where the sisters of Mother Teresa, the missionaries of charity, where Mother Teresa worked and lived and fought for the right of the poor there. And it's a very filthy place. I mean, perfectly honest with you, it's, it's the most destitute poverty I've ever experienced. But when we would start off our day, all the volunteers from around the whole world, sometimes over a hundred of us, we'd get up at four in the morning, we'd walk from wherever we were living in the city to go to Mother House where the sisters lived and prayed and where Mother Teresa is buried. And we're walking, we, Mass was at 4.30, so you have to start walking about four in the morning. There are all kinds of, of, of just poverty that you're witnessing, people getting up to start the day. And then you go in and you climb the stairs to the second floor of the simple convent and you take your shoes off. There's shoes lined all over the stairs. And it's a, it's a weird sensation going outside and having that dirtiness on the ground. But the sisters, they, they clean the floor every single day. So it was, it was definitely clean. But to just take your shoes off and to feel your feet hit the concrete. And even, even during mass, you know, kneeling and your toes feeling uncomfortable. It's a weird sensation. But then you see all of the nuns, all of the nuns who are professed nuns and those who are getting ready to become nuns. And they just are actively engaging with the mass. They're so beautifully just recognizing the power of God. Brothers and sisters, fear of God is not we're afraid for our life. It's not someone is, is scaring me, but just being in awe of the power of God, being in awe of the presence of God. And we, as, as Westerners, we won't take our shoes off when we come into Mass, but there's things that we do, right? We come in, what's the first thing we do? You find the holy water font, and you, and you cross yourself with the holy water, remembering our baptism, remembering that day that we were brought into the family of Christ, the body of Christ. We come into the church, and we genuflect, right? And we can't allow these things to become normalized. We have to remember... 
that this is a sacred place. This is a place where the presence of God dwells. And in a very real way, that same God who appeared to Moses in that magnificent first reading is going to be appearing to us. And as Father Sarmiento, after you know, the consecration, before he received, when he holds up and says, Behold, this is the Lamb of God. It's the same, same God who said, I am who am, and revealed himself to Moses in this way. So when we have fear of God, it's, it's interiorly taking taking whatever we have in our hearts, whatever's going on on the outside, and just leaving it there, outside. And then when we come in, when we're here at Mass, we're, we're engaged. I hear from people my age, maybe some of your friends, maybe some of your children, that they don't get anything out of Mass. It's not, it's not for them. It makes me so sad to hear that to hear that the most powerful thing that we're able to do as human beings to witness a miracle, that the one sacrificed on Calvary is going to be joined with Christ working through the priest, but in a real way, you and me are participating in that. We're engaged in this little act of understanding the fear of God, recognizing that this is the power that's going to allow you to, to live a more full life, to live as saints, and to be the Christians you're called to be. That is a powerful thing. And the more we engage, the more we respond with everyone in the parish, the more we sing together, you sense that spirit. You, you sense something different. This is not natural. It's supernatural. So don't be afraid to re-engage with the Mass. There may be parts of the Mass, there may be words that you haven't thought about in years that you may just say naturally. But I invite you, pick up the Missal. All right? Pick up the missal, and when we, it's on page 14, when we say the creed, read those words. Read what we believe. Read what millions of Catholics and Christians and followers of Christ have believed as we live out that mission that Christ called us to, and truly be in awe of the power of God. Turning to the gospel, we have this, this parable that at first glance looks a, a bit harsh. It looks like whoever this gardener is, is like, all right, I'm sick of these fig trees. They're not doing anything for me. Uh, what have you done for me lately? Get them out of here. Let's get some new trees in here. And there's a whole lot of reflection in that in regards to the Jewish people and how the entire revelation of God came to the whole world. But in a real way, we are those trees. In a real way, our relationship with God is represented by these trees. Are we bearing fruit? Are we allowing ourselves to let the power of God, the grace of the sacraments, work through our lives to be a light in a dark world, to share the love that you have received from Christ with those who God puts in your life? I, I, I can think of so many times in my life uh, before I decided to start studying to be a priest and, and even Nobody's perfect. I, I'm certainly the first person to say that in this room. There's times when I, I turn inwards, right? I turn away from the plan that God has for me in a particular or a bigger situation and say, thanks God, but there's, there's still a little fear here. There's still an aspect of my heart that thinks I can do it better than you. And whether that's pride or fear, or, I'm working on it, right? But each of us have those moments where we say, 
God, I, I really I don't know if I can trust you right now. I don't know if I can surrender that part of my heart. And whatever that is, it's, it's going to do the opposite of, of what we want, to live a more full, fulfilled life, to live a virtuous life. Whenever we're selfish, prideful, lack humility, we close ourselves off, we turn inwards, that leads to sadness. That leads to, to brokenness, right? But that mercy of God is represented in the gardener who comes and says, you know what? Let me work with this tree. Let me work with my sons and daughters. Let me cultivate that soul. Let me put a bit of work into here. Every time we come to Mass, God is saying, I will die for you. There's only one sacrifice. There's only one Calvary. And God, outside of time, allows this altar to become that hill outside of Jerusalem where he died for us. He's double downing and saying, I'm offering you this mercy. Will you take it in your life? Will you allow yourself to let me lift you up, to let me live you, let me allow you to live the life that I have for you? Brothers and sisters, part of that fear of God is recognizing that you have to say yes to his mercy. It's there, it's going to be there, but we don't know how long we have on this life. And that's what the season of Lent is about because whether the second coming happens this afternoon or a thousand years, our time is short. Our time is so small compared to eternity. We don't have no idea when Christ is going to call us home. So while that mercy is always going to be there, he's always going to have his hand out to pick you up, you've got you've to take his hand. And that's what Lent is all about, recognizing right now I'm going to say yes to that mercy. I'm going to allow my heart to be transformed. So pray for each other as we continue through Lent. Double down on your Lenten promises. If there's any aspect of your whole heart that is bearing, not bearing fruit, surrender that part of your heart. Say, Jesus, help me. This part of my heart is dead and I need you. I need your love to transform the way I live my life, the way I live my relationships. He will. Say yes to the mercy of God, but do not hesitate. Embrace His mercy right now.